Hello, Craig. Hello, Tobias. How are you today? I'm not doing too badly. How are you, sir? Fantastic, fantastic. And welcome, everyone, to the Film Shrapnel Weekly Roundup. Or working title. <laughs> it, it might end up being more of a monthly thing. We'll see. We'll see. Oh, we'll see. We'll see. But uh, today, today, it's definitely just about the last week because I haven't prepared anything for the last month. So it's definitely in yeah. the last week for me. <laughs> yeah, me welcome too, actually. So yeah, welcome one and all. Uh, today we're doing something a little bit different. Uh, me and Craig don't know what we're going to be talking about today. All we know is that we're going to say, uh, we're going to talk about one thing we've been enjoying in the last week and one thing we've disliked in the last week. Uh, I think this could be quite interesting, Craig. And also, a uh, third thing, something we'd like to see more of. Oh, I didn't write that down. Shit. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, all right. You're I'll forgiven. Think about, I'll think on that. I'm, I'm sure I'll come up with something in the moment. All uh, right. Uh, well, let, let, who's going to start? Who's going to start? Because I, I really don't know. I really don't know. Like, you don't know what I'm going to talk about. I don't know what you're going to talk about. So, who, do you want to break cover first, or do you want me to break cover? Uh, I don't mind. I can go first. I'm trying to right. find it. Oh, pardon Was me. You, should we do uh should we do what we like first and then we go into yeah. what we don't like all right okay which you want to go first or shall i i really don't mind i don't mind if you want to break cover okay i'll go first i warn you that i haven't written any of this down i know which ones i'm talking about but i haven't written any notes for them thank uh, you for the warning so i recently just finished watching the third season of succession uh, have you seen it tobias i have not what is Succession? So uh, succession is basically it's kind of like uh, kind of based on the Murdoch family you know the Rupert Murdoch's family and his kind of like media empire yeah. and basically his character is, uh, character based on him is played by uh, uh, what was his name Cox last name Cox Stephen Cox Brian Cox uh, Brian Cox sorry Brian Cox uh, and basically uh, he's quite old he's in his 80s uh, he has some health scares and he has these four children, well, adult children. And basically it's kind of like who's going to take over this huge media empire. And uh, it's supposed to be a dark comedy, but it's quite serious. And you'll never guess who created this show. Cool. Uh, you like Vince Peep show, Gilligan. Right? Oh. Yeah, I love Peep Show. Yeah. The, one of the creators of Peep Show created this show and it's massive now in, in America. Hmm. Right. Uh, and it's got a really good cast. Uh, I can't remember everybody who's in it. Uh, Macaulay Culkin's brother, Kieran Culkin, is one of the main characters. He's yeah. a really good actor, by the way. I didn't even know that Macaulay yeah. Culkin had brothers until I watched the show. Oh, loads and loads. Yeah. And most There's Rory McCulkin, who was in the uh, Scream 4, and there's Kieran Culkin, who was also in Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Like, yeah, it's, it's a very acty family. Yeah, I had no idea until I started watching this. But the main, uh, the, the real stuff really goes to um, uh, Brian Cox and also the other guy, I forgot his name, um, something strong. He's being lost. He was in the big short. That's the Mark main thing. strong. He's very good. And like, um, it's wicked. It's wicked. Sometimes it's really funny. Sometimes it's very brutal. Um, I super recommend it. 
like especially like the ending of the first season quite shocked me because something fucked up happens. I know we usually say we, we don't give a shit about spoilers. We'll just rip it out there, but I'm not going to now because this is a free, this is a oh, free really? season of a TV show. I'm not going to. I, I'm definitely, that. I'm definitely going to go into spoilers when I have a go. So like, I, I, I want to know what you yeah. like about it. Yeah, okay, I, all right. I want, I'll tell you. I'll tell you straight I, up. I want to know. I, know I'll, I want you to sell it to me, man. I, I want to. Okay. I want to watch it too. So the three, the three kids that I really have uh, the chance of being the successor to Brian Cox's character are his uh, oldest, well, second oldest son, uh, played by Mark Strong. If that is his name, because uh, there are a few guys called Strong. I hope I'm getting his name right. It's a bit embarrassing that I'm getting it wrong if I am. Um, right notes, he's very, right notes. Yeah, I should do. He's very business savvy, but he's a bit. Uh, uh, his father thinks he's a bit weak, uh, and he also has a big problem of addiction. Uh, he's always like, uh, actually, he does really well at the beginning of the show. Then all of a sudden, some shit happens in the first season, and he become he starts doing drugs again. Uh, Kieran Culkin's character is like this. Some really, uh, sometimes it's a bit annoying. Uh, I'll tell you this: uh, at one point, he does accidentally send a dick pic to his dad, and it's really funny. It's really nice. fucking we've, like, oh shit! We've all been uh, there. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he's quite—he's uh, a bit more like politically a bit politically right, I guess, and he's quite uh, an asshole. Uh, sometimes he does seem to have some emotion. But mo- like he, I think he has a, struggles. There's one episode where it's like a family therapy thing, and he looks like he really wants to do it, but no one else is really trying. Uh, yeah. And he's always just laughing at everything. He never takes anything seriously. And the third child is played by an actress called uh, uh, Sarah Snook, who I have never heard of before until this show. Uh, she's Australian, uh, and she uh, basically is probably the smartest of them. She's also the youngest, and she is uh, quite. I know, she's very politically left, and she kind of wants to redo everything. She has the most chance, I think. She's kind of the favorite of the father, but they right. they clash a lot on many things. And she, they all of them are, are a bit big-headed in their own ways, you know. And it's very. Sure. They deal with really big themes in the show. So yeah, I totally recommend it. Totally recommend. It. Succession. My, yeah, succession. By the way, oh. just so you know, I wrote, I timed that for five minutes and I had 16 seconds left. So Nicely we done. Keep, we could try and keep to five if you want. All right, let, let's keep to five. Let's keep to five. So it's my turn now. Yeah. I'm going to watch this succession. All right. All right. Let's uh, let's talk about what I've been watching that I liked, uh, although I'm a little bit embarrassed that I liked it. Um, I've been watching a, a biopic drama. Well, not I've been watching like a docudrama uh, called Welcome to Wrexham. And it's about how Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney have bought Wrexham Football Club. Hmm. Um, now, when I started putting it on, I was really hoping that it would be like this really gritty football drama, even though I know it's reality TV. Um, and unfortunately, <laughs> th- this is the problem. It's very obviously, it's like the worst kind of directed reality TV. I, I, I'm, I'm finding it, a struggle to get through, but because it's football and because it's Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney, two people that I do quite like, uh, especially Rob McElhenney. Wait a um, minute. He's the guy who made It's Always Funny Sunny in Philadelphia, right? Absolutely, yeah. 
the way they, he pronounced they, his name, I don't know if that's correct. I always was pronouncing it differently in my head, but I never said it out loud, so I don't know if it's correct. I, I, it's either McElhenney or McElhenney, so one or the other. Um, and this, it's, it's a bad, I would say, the sh it's good cinematography, but it's badly made. Like, it doesn't feel real. Like I say, it's the worst kind of directed reality. However, having said all this, like, and R Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds, they do a feature in it, but not as prominently as you'd like them to. Um, they they really feature, like, you know, the uh, the players at the club, the manager, the people that support Wrexham. You know, they do a lot of stuff about Wales as well, which is nice. So there is this, there, there is this sort of earnestness with the way Wales and Britain are displayed. You know, it's very heartfelt in a lot of places. Like, oh, I signed to, Re I signed to Wrexham so I could be closer to my family. Like, you know, stuff like that. It's very, there's a lot of heartfelt moments. There's a, I think it's in the first two episodes, one or the other, uh, one of the first or the second episode where Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds basically say to the club, although by default, because they're not actually there to speak to them, but they've basically sent the message like, okay, finish the season and hopefully you guys can, uh, can work your way up. And if you can, well, you know, we won't sell anyone. And obviously they don't go up. So they end up selling a couple of players. One player is like really sad that he's having to leave and all this stuff. Um, so yeah, there's this, this is interesting because obviously being from Britain, I know when a group of lads are just laughing at someone, you know. So if you're American in a room when everyone's just sort of like, all right, mate, jog on. And then you might think, oh, that went well. <laughs> but yeah. we know as British people, no, that didn't go down great. That didn't go down great with, uh, uh, with the boys. Can I ask, well, why did they buy this football team? Well, at the, in the first episode, they basically, like Rob McElhenney sort of going like, you know, uh, because in American sport, as far as I'm aware, there is no uh, tier system. So there is, you know, you have one league, uh, whereas British football, uh, you have loads and loads of leagues. So you've got the Premier League and then you've got the Championship, then League One, then League Two, and then you've got like, the National League, and then below that, you've got all of the other football leagues that are like amateur professional. But you've got six, like five or six tiers of professional football. Now, Wrexham are a club in the top tier of amateur football. And if they can win, they're going to go into the professional leagues. Now, it, it sounds from the first episode that this is more of just like an experiment for Rob and Ryan, although obviously they're seeing it in a, you know, it's an investment for them, surely. Like, you know, they've they've had a look at sport and they're like, you can actually make massive money if you buy a team at the bottom and then invest in them and work them all the way to the top. You can make a fortune. And I think that's basically what they're doing. They haven't said it in so many words. But if you look at Man City, like the, the moment they get big money, now they're at the top of the league and I don't think you would be hard pressed to find anyone who would bet against them. Oh, sorry. I hang on. I've worded that wrong, but this is the thing, Man City, they're always going to win now because they got that investment and they've worked their way up and now they're just at the top and they're, they're the team to beat. So I think that's, 
essentially what they want to do with Rex and they want to put their money in their movie star television You're star over money. Five minutes. All right. Well, all right. All right. We'll cut me off there. But yeah, give, I think give, that's give me it. a summary. Give, I'll let you have a nice summary. So, all right. So my my summary is it's heartfelt. So I do have this sort of I want to see Wrexham win. I'm starting to support the team, which I like. I love an underdog story, but the unfortunate what I'm basically saying with the Man City thing is that it's not really an underdog story anymore. You know, once that money comes in. Are they really an underdog? Like in the first, in the, I think in the second episode, they buy uh, a striker that should be a League One striker. And instead of going to League One, he drops a division for the money and to be closer to his family. So they've got an amazing striker uh, that should be playing two divisions higher. Um, so there's a lot of, there's a big dilemma in the club. And I, it's something that I, I've been enjoying watching it grow. But at the same time, there is this, reality tv bollocks that i hate i think all of the rob and ryan stuff feels very forced they don't even look like they want to be it was ryan reynolds doesn't look like he wants to be there funnily enough it's his money he looks like he's more interested in doing something else but there you go that's my that's my take i don't love it but i have been enjoying it and i'm looking forward to more episodes and what's that called again it's called welcome to wrexham Okay, I'm really surprised I haven't heard of this. Uh, you not you not heard the story of how they bought Wrexham Football Club? It happened nah. like, I think it happened like a season ago. It's it's been a while. They've been owners of the club for a while now. Huh. Oh, by the way, I checked the succession cast. It wasn't Mark Strong. It's Jeremy oh, Strong. Jeremy Strong. Uh, I'm not sure. I think if sure you saw a picture of him, you you'd recognise him. He's been in like a few supporting roles here and there and different things. And now he's like, I think this is his chance for a, a main role. Oh, I'll look him up. I probably would yeah. recognize him. I'm away from the computer right now. Otherwise I'd look him up now. Yeah. Unless you want to send it to me on Facebook and I'll, I'll have I, a look now for the pod. I will. I will. Uh, in the meantime, who's going to talk about what they hate the most first? Uh, I mean, you go for it. We let, let's stagger it out. You can, you can take the, you can take this one. Oh, right, here's Jeremy I'm Strong. Letting... Hang on. Let, let me find out if I know Jeremy Strong. You'll recognise him. I'm pretty Hang sure on. you will. You just sent me his name. I thought you were going to send me a picture. Oh no! Well... <laughs> <laughs> I know Hold his on. name. <laughs> oh dear. Hold on, um, Hold on. There you go. All right, let's have fucking hell. What a massive URL. I know. Massive I, URL. I'm using I'm using Edge because I typed in for a timer on my laptop and it, also, it opened up Edge. So now I have Edge open and it's okay. embarrassing. You know what else well, is really embarrassing? I, know, Bing. Said, I was just going to say it's a Bing link. That's why it's yeah. so. <laughs> Bing, Bing has confused Brian Cox with Brian Cox. So now I see oh, in the sure. results, Brian Cox, the physicist, is yeah. sitting alongside Brian Cox, the actor. They're both starring in this show. Come <laughs> on, Bing. Brian Cox. Who well, wouldn't make this mistake? I will. Yeah, well, no, absolutely not. But yeah, I do recognise him. I do recognise him. You're quite yeah. right. I'm just not sure from what. Yeah. Should I, should I release my hate now? Unleash the fury. Here we go. Okay. What are you talking about, Craig? I'm talking about Jurassic World Dominion. Oh, what a uh, choice. This came out this year, and I'm so fucking disappointed in it. Because 
Like, I love Jurassic Park movies. Like, I really think back to my childhood. Like, well, I remember being about five, watching Jurassic Park the first time, eating, like, candy from this huge coronation uh, box thing, whatever. And, like, I even remember them putting their hands in this shit, uh, mm-hmm. Laura Dern's character and all this kind of stuff. I, I have strange... Me- I, I have uh, emotional memories attached to this film. Absolutely. I also quite like the second one, actually, by the way. Sometimes I like the second one more than the first. I actually quite like Jeff Goldblum in it. Uh, the mean, third film, man. Bold statement. Yeah, I'll be honest. I don't know. I think it's, I don't maybe there is something there, some deeper meaning I haven't figured out. Anyway, so the, th- the last three films, they have been a bit stupid, to say the least. And some people oh, yeah. are saying that this last one, Dominion, is the best of the the recent trilogy and i'm like what the fuck are you talking about yeah look at the reviews on on wikipedia and i'm really surprised because you've been building this up for like the last three films the point where we get to uh when the dinosaurs are living among us right Mm. uh that's why it's jurassic world and not jurassic park flintstone style yeah we've we've moved past this and now in the world and this film like in the second film, finally uh, the dinosaurs are, are, are living amongst us. We're we're accepting this fact. This is a new reality. We live in a world of humans and dinosaurs. The third film, it feels like they had the perfect opportunity to really explore that, and they just didn't fucking do it. I'm like, yeah. come on, what the fuck? And then the whole story is about uh, this girl. I think her name is Charlotte, who has been cloned. Uh, basically, her mother, who is her clone, gave birth to her. Uh, she had some disease. Uh, she was going to die. And there's all this stuff going on about this. And there's a huge thing about locusts. They've genetically modified locusts to make them huge, like prehistoric times or whatever. And they're going to destroy all the food. And like, what the fuck does this have to do with the fucking dinosaurs? And then, uh, finally, uh, when it starts getting action-y... Um, it finally gets to its place in Italy, in the Dolomites in Northern Italy. And basically they have another Jurassic Park there. And it's like, so we basically went from one park to another park when you could have just, you could have done this anywhere, man. You could you had the whole open world and you just shit, you just didn't do it. Like, and I'm just so, so annoyed. And there's just so much going on at the beginning. I was like, where the fuck are the dinosaurs? I want to see dinosaurs fucking shit up. Yeah. And it just doesn't happen. And I think, yeah. Uh, and it's it's very it feels funny to say this because this is like an action adventure kind of thing. It always has been. It's Jurassic Park, um, but it feels very style over substance. And I, I've seen it. I agree with you. But in the worst like way, like why why are we watching them live in the middle of like Idaho or somewhere uh, where it's freezing cold? By the way, that's another thing I have problems with. We see dinosaurs so many times in freezing places. Like I'm just thinking, no man, they mm. they don't. I don't think they'd be. I don't think they could survive out there in the ice, icy wild. I don't. I don't think so. I don't think they'll be there. But maybe that's the point. Maybe that's why they're being saved. I did like though that they did have some of the dinosaurs with the feathers, like mm. showing the progression into like bird and everything. That was kind of interesting. But on the whole. Uh, I just thought it was really stupid. The, they brought back the older cast, and I I don't know what I think about that. I know uh, what I think about it, but I'll, I'll let you finish your five before I well, get into it. <laughs> I'll tell you that I did like Laura Dern a bit more than the other guys. Uh, there was some references wow. to Jeff Goldblum having his shirt open, 
but there was some other characters that I thought were a bit stupid. Like this is one smuggler character. Um, she basically was like, she has a whole story about being in the army. She smuggled the kid into Malta. And like, I just didn't feel she was very, je- I just didn't feel this is a real character. It just felt yeah. like a very shoehorned character that was needed to do something. Uh, it's also very glossy. Uh, she's very attractive, but she just didn't feel like, if you were a hardened criminal, a smuggler, I just feel that you should look like you've done some hard shit. She just looked too, I don't know. Too, yeah. It was funny, but she just looked You need too to good. look like Post Malone. You need to look like you've beaten the shit out of a dinosaur to have done this. But yeah, <laughs> that's my five minutes on that. To, to be fair, I don't think Jeff Goldblum looks like he's beat up a dinosaur. <laughs> no. But he's flashed, supposed to be a chaos flashed his chest at one. Yeah. <laughs> Well, look, I mean, I, I think it's interesting that you brought up Jurassic Park, uh, Jurassic World Dominion, because I actually watched this not too long ago. Um, I streamed it and it was filmed in the cinema. So I thought, oh, I'd, but I don't really want to go watch it, blah, blah, blah. So I just watched it. And it's funny you mentioned, because like my biggest gripe, my biggest problem, if I'm perfectly honest, was the legacy characters. When you When you bring back all of these characters that i remember from the first film because i think the first film you had all three of them second one you had jeff goldblum and then the third one you had uh god the guy from new zealand his name's just slipped my mind uh, sam neil sam neil thanks is laura dern in the third one yeah the, but for like five seconds the the only thing i really remember in the third one is when he has the dream and the velociraptors on the plane and it speaks to him it says <laughs> It, it is literally the the only thing I can remember from that movie. And oh, is William H Macy in it? Yes. Or is that the second he one? He's in the third one. The third one, right? So yeah, I don't really remember the third one much, but like I remember the first one and the second one very fondly. Um, and the first one, I'm a huge Laura Dern fan. I'm a big fan of Laura Dern. I hated her in Jurassic World Dominion. I. It was like watching someone who had never acted before, and I'm like, I don't, oh. I don't, I feel like she hasn't done the job in a while. Because yeah, it, and the, I felt the same about Sam Neill as well. I didn't feel the same chemistry that they had in the original movie. I think Jeff Goldblum, as much as I love him, he's never hit the same highs as you know, Cronenberg's uh, The Fly or Jurassic Park you know, those performances really sort of set him apart from all other actors in a Christopher Walken kind of way. Um, And now, (laughs) but now since he was in that Thor movie, I just feel that everything he does since he's gotten older is a bit of a caricature of Jeff Goldblum. Doesn't really feel like Jeff to me. Um, Chris Pratt, he's all right, I guess. I I hated the whole fucking, I got to save a baby dinosaur for a dinosaur that might eat me. That whole bollocks was bollocks. Uh, you know, the bit I mean, speaking back to Laura Dern, Mm. uh, I had a big problem when she first showed up at the beginning of the film, because she is just blowing out like exposition. I just felt so like, Oh, come on. Like I have somewhat of a brain, like, please, just word it in a way that makes sounds a bit more normal. But, but I will say, I mean, look, defending her, have you seen yeah. Marriage Story? I have. It's actually really good. Yeah, she's actually quite good in it. I quite liked her in that. I Yeah, I think Marriage Story is excellent. And Adam Driver really impressed me in that. Um, yeah. 
I quite like Adam Driver. He's grown on me big time. I didn't really love him in Star Wars, but I, he's grown on me since. Um, yeah. But the thing with Laura Dern, like, I, as as a fan of her, like, I love her in Wild at Heart, but my God, I, you know, yeah, I, I really struggled with the legacy characters in this new Jurassic World film because it, it, it also feels like a cheap uh, stab at nostalgia as well. Uh, yeah. Where, where, you know, yeah, nostalgia's great, but if there's no dial, you know, good, you know, writing to back it up, then it's literally just nostalgia for the sake of nostalgia. I think there should be good writing there. Just to a back cash it up. grab. Yeah, exactly. Also, I seem to recall that they show the can with all the dino DNA from the original movie. They yeah, show they it do. In... right for me. That should that you could make an entire fucking movie out of that. You, it could be a whole plot in of itself. Someone finding that and then doing the dinosaur shit again. Maybe you do a whole trilogy doing the dinosaur shit. You kill it. You say, right, we're never doing the dinosaur shit again. And then someone gets that thing. I, yeah. Surely that should have been the start of this current trilogy. Speaking of, now we're going, now we're really getting into it. Now we're fucking this film up. Uh, yeah, I, I hated this film. <laughs> I, I hate either what? because I hated it so much. Sorry. Uh, I was just also thinking about how much it keeps trying to replicate itself. And like, yeah. I, I just felt like several times I was watching this film, it feels like this happened in the previous other or one of the other films mm. from before. There was at least one bit where the car was stuck on a cliff, I think. Yeah. And T-Rex, I think. And in all of these last three movies, there has to be a fucking T-Rex that saves mm. the day. And it's like, yep. come on, man. Why... And I yeah. was even watching this with my with my daughter um, and my wife, and I was just pissing them off. Ah, but the film can't end until the T-Rex comes and fights the bigger, newer dinosaur. And then yep. it look like he loses, then he wins, and then they're going to get away. And, like, yeah, it, it has to follow that formula every well, time. It's a bit like, come on. Well, the really? thing is, it, it, it's, it's sort of like Avengers logic, isn't it? it? It's the same sort of logic of the Marvel films. You've got to see a particular fight before the film can finish. You know, but I, I suppose it's a trope that was started by the original Jurassic Park, where the T Rex just sort of comes out of nowhere and eats the raptors. Yeah, so it, it is born of the first one, but the first one, like, it's so good, and I don't think we'd seen that before either, because you, you could definitely make the argument: how the fuck did no one see the T Rex until the very <laughs> last moment? You, you could you totally decided. Know. However, it just it just hits. It just hits. Like maybe because we'd never seen it been done before or whatever, but that first Jurassic Park movie it hits so good, man. It really hits so good. I've got to ask then. So like, right, we're going to go over this five minutes for sure, but way uh, over. But what's your uh, what did what did you think of the other Jurassic World movies? Well, so uh, the see if you get over how ridiculous and annoying everyone yeah. is in the first movie no no i can't say that because then i start thinking about how they were going to genetically modify dinosaurs and i just think oh my god i can't defend that I mean, this is just getting too stupid yeah um, i mean look it's a ridiculous concept however there's a lot of love for the ip of jurassic park and yeah you know Let's not forget Spielberg made the first two. And I was going to mention think, him actually. Well, I think even Spielberg would say 
that he phoned in a little bit uh, on, on the second one because the second one, he had other plans for the climax of the film. Uh, and it was, I think, having... Uh, as much as I love seeing the T-Rex walking around America, uh, like modern America, um, I, I that wasn't how he had originally envisioned ending it. I'm not sure what his original uh, vision was, but... Uh, I know that there was a lot of studio interference with the second one and mm. he didn't get to make the movie that he wanted. But I think the first one is so, it's brilliant. The first one is absolutely brilliant. And, you know, I still think that the Raptors in the in that sequence in the first one where the kids are hiding in the kitchen and the Raptors are like behind them and like they're trying to get away... I think that sequence is not only terrifying, but it's also some of the most realistic dinosaur effects I've seen in any of these Jurassic Park movies. And yeah. it's in the first one, the first one. I mean, it's sort of mind blowing to me that CGI, like it's come leaps and bounds, but the more it comes leaps and bounds, the more it looks computer generated to me. It doesn't look like it had, most of these CGI creatures or characters, they just don't have weight in a scene. And mm. you can see that they don't. And you can get past it as a viewer, I believe. You, As, a, as an audience, you can get past it. However, uh, when you compare it side by side to the original film, I, I think it's night and day, personally. I think the dinosaurs look really real in the original one, which is fucking mental. Not the Brontosaurus shot. The Brontosaurus shot doesn't hold up, but the T-Rex absolutely holds up and the Raptors definitely hold up. Definitely. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Uh, but anyway, yeah. I think we should stop talking about Jurassic Park now because it's time for you to unleash your hate. Although I think you've also right. unleashed a bit of hate here. Well, I Jurassic actually have, Park. funnily enough, I have more hate for Jurassic, uh, Park, uh, Jurassic World Dominion than I do for the thing I'm about to talk about. If I'm <laughs> um but okay, so what I want to talk about. Um, I'm going to start the timer. All right, start Let's the go. timer. So, what I want to talk about is Cobra Kai. Now, have you, I think you might have watched a, a bit of it. Am I right? I, I know the original film, uh, but I've, I haven't watched the TV right. series. All right, well, brief summary for those who might not know Cobra Kai is a TV show, it's a sequel to the Karate Kid franchise from the 90s. 80s? I think it might, might be 80s, uh, actually. I think it's the 80s. The original Karate Kid was directed by the guy who directed the original Rocky as well. Just a little, mm. little bit of trivia there. Um, so anyway, Cobra Kai uh, frames itself completely differently. So the original movie, you've got Daniel LaRusso, the Karate Kid, and he wants to win the girl at high school, and there's a high school bully. But Cobra Kai turns it on its head and we actually follow the bad guy from the movie who act and we see from his perspective, he was just a guy at high school, a bit obnoxious. He had a girlfriend and then the new kid showed up, tried to steal his girl. So what would anyone do? He, he tried to beat him up, you know, so from his perspective, he wasn't the bad guy. But obviously for years, he was the bad guy in the Karate Kid. Now he's the most identifiable character in Cobra Kai. I actually really like the first two seasons of Cobra Kai. It's cheesy, but it's cheesy and respecting the nostalgia, but it's also well-written as well. It it does a lot of turning things on its head. 
you know, you think that the bad guys are Cobra Kai and the good guys will be uh, Miyagi-Do. Uh, and then it, they very often swap sides and stuff. They're, you know, wherever they are in their head really informs what they do. Like, it's, it's there was a lot of really good character writing in the first couple of seasons. However, in season three and season four, I would argue things took a slight downward turn since it, you know, got picked up by Netflix. And but not a not such a downward turn that you have to stop watching it. Still enjoyable, cheesy as fuck, really good fight scenes throughout all of the seasons. Really, really good fight scenes. However, not too long ago, season five dropped, and I've been really excited to watch season five. Um and I've got nothing but complaints. Because uh, I really, really enjoyed the, the show so far. And right now, I feel like it's devolved into just something painful and boring to watch. Um, it leans even more on the cheesy. It leans even more on characters sort of changing their minds. So now it doesn't really feel like character development. It feels I'm... more like just characters randomly changing their minds. I really uh, hate that. Yeah, like at first it was well written, but now they do it so often that it stopped being clever writing. And it used to be clever writing, but now it's just, you know, because there was a the bad guy from season three and season four, like the main bad guy from season three and season four, who's also the probably what you would call the main antagonist from the original uh, Karate Kid and Karate Kid 3. Um, this karate sensei, uh, Kreese. In this new season, even after everything we've seen him do, they're now trying to frame him as sympathetic and he's not so bad. And I'm like, no, no, you, no, you can't just suddenly do that. Just because they framed him doesn't mean you can suddenly make him a good guy. That's not how this works. He's been a dickhead <laughs> ever since the 80s. Don't tell me all of a sudden that he's a nice guy or... Don't tell me that we need to relate or identify with him now. No, he's the guy that we're all angry with. I don't want him to be a good guy. I want him to stay a bad guy. Um, there are characters that I fucking hate. Uh, the daughter is really terribly written. And I also think she's terribly performed. Find her so annoying. The two characters that maintain being the best characters is Johnny, from who was the bad guy from the first Karate Kid, and also his stepson, um, who is also learning karate. He's really good. Uh, in season two, he has a really brutal ending to the season, and season three is all about him getting back to normal. Really, really good character. I love him a lot. And then this season, we have Terry Silver, who's the bad guy of this season. He's also the bad guy from Karate Kid 3. Uh, well, like not the main bad guy, but a integral he, bad guy. He's but got now, ten seconds, by the way. Ten seconds. All right, cool. So when we were introduced, <laughs> when we were introduced to him in season four, he's a fucking hippie. He's all about Zen. He's made money. He doesn't want to go back to the way he was. Now he's the biggest bad guy of all. And it's like, what? You can't keep fucking changing on a fucking dime. <laughs> it, it's so fucking annoying. Like when you honestly, Craig, when you meet this character, he is so chill and so Zen. And now. He honestly, he is such an asshole now. And you're like, whoa, where did this guy come from? Like, fuck me. It's all Cobra Kai's fault. Um, also, the fight choreography has gotten worse season uh, this season, I think. The fights are nowhere near as good. Um, 
And Daniel LaRusso, the main character from the original three Karate Kid movies, he's back in all of these in all of Cobra Kai. I don't like his character. He's shit. I never liked him in Karate Kid. I don't like him now. <laughs> they they also introduced a great character who was the bad guy from the second Karate Kid movie, but he's a good guy in this. And I kind of like him, but I also think he's shit. Uh, like, he's kind of cool, but he's not cool. Um, and I think it would have been so much better if he just stayed the same character, just, you know, a, a little bit less intense or something like that. All right, so I've gone over maybe a minute. But there you go. That, I, I'm done with Cobra Kai. And I, 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 don't think think to... I don't think I'm strapped in for a sixth season either. I think I'm done watching Cobra Kai. And I, I think... it's a shame because I really like it. I think when we, if we do this again, we should definitely extend the hate time <laughs> to at least ten minutes. Uh, yeah, I have a few yeah. thoughts on that show, by the way. Go on, so, let me hear it. I, 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 so I haven't seen it so far, but I did see a meme yesterday. It said like uh, it had a caption of the of the show. I guess maybe it's from the opening credits, and it says when two middle aged dads accidentally start a gang war or something like that. <laughs> But that's exactly what it is. That's exactly what's going on. You've got a fucking car salesman and an unemployed <laughs> dude, and they're literally just throwing children at each other and fighting. And that's the whole show for the first two seasons. It's fucking great. And then when they start bringing in what I would call the legacy characters, bringing in more characters from the original show, it, 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 it just starts getting a bit too scattered, I think. But they do introduce new characters that you can love you fall in love with and whatnot but again it's it's just so all over the place and so scattered and also the the climax of this latest season where they sort of defeat terry silver it's it's literally just turning youtube on that's the whole plan it's just you know just turn youtube on so everyone can see and that's the whole fucking plan and i'm like ah it works i guess in the context of the story but it's just so anticlimactic um, and, and, and you know, I'm really happy you mentioned this about characters changing sides because this really annoys me. Yeah. So yeah, before it's, it's I was watching, before what? I was watching Succession, I was watching a show called Billions, and Billions was really good for the first couple of seasons. And it's about a billionaire guy and um, oh, some DOJ, what do they call it, district uh, judge, attorney district guy, or something. Yeah. Uh, basically, they're trying to basically it's cat and mouse kind of thing. They're always trying to fuck each other over. And it was really good the first two seasons. But then, like, I think it was the third or fourth season, like, there was just too many alliances changing. Yeah. And it was like a one character, the billionaire character. Uh, the cast is really good, by the way. But it's just a shame it happened this way. I've heard uh, it's really good. Yeah, but then it's, it's shit now. I actually stopped. It was a point I just stopped watching it. It's like, no, you cannot do that. Like uh, where the Axelrod, who's the billionaire guy, uh, is on the phone talking to the main other main character's father, who's now on his side. And he says to him, my uh, worst enemies uh, are uh, planning against me. I said, no, you can't say that to the worst, your worst enemy on the phone who's now on your side, that these, yeah. these guys are now your worst enemy. It's just too much. And I'm just like, no, stop. And I just stop this, watching This it. is it. Like, the, the, the problem is character development is solely dependent on audience perception. If the audience likes a character, then the writers make them a good guy. And it's so... I mean, yeah. sometimes, it, sometimes it works. Like, we know 
like the first season of Breaking Bad, Vince Gilligan had actually planned to kill Jesse Pinkman off. But because people loved him so much, they were like, no, 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 we'll, we'll keep him as a recurring character. But that's different. Like, mm. that's, that's changing the story to benefit, you know, what the audience likes. But when it comes to like, like, as I say, you know, surely you enjoy more seeing the relationship between these two people being enemies rather, you know, just because the audience likes them all doesn't mean they should turn into a good guy. I mean, I, I haven't watched um, I haven't watched much Walking Dead, but I've heard that the uh, Keegan character, the dude with the baseball bat, I've never seen an episode with him in. Um, but uh, he apparently because people like him, they've turned him into a good guy. And people are like, yeah, we like him. But the first time we met him, he was as brutal as they come. How could you uh, forgive him for all the things we've known him to do and be capable of? And suddenly he's a good guy. I, so, yeah, I, I, have a, I agree. Sorry. I, I have a worse example. In Lost, they had a really ridiculous character who changed. He's, it was called Ben. And he's one of the people that was originally on the island when the plane crashes. And uh, he is very, really, really fucking evil guy. Uh, he is also really scary. Like when, he, when you first meet him, he's brilliantly done, like very creepy guy. Uh, and over the time, we eventually learn more about him. And we learn that at one point, there was another group of people living on the island. And he basically exterminated them and threw them in a fucking hole in the ground. And then... Later, also given, in the show. Also given. Yeah, they try to make you like him and feel sympathy for him. Oh, he might die. Like, man, he's a fucking mass murderer, man. Yeah. How, how, can, how, how can you make me want to feel sympathy for this guy? It just, just doesn't feel normal. How can I you mean, do like, that? They, they do it all the time, man. I mean, fuck, even, even the Marvel movies are doing it with Loki. Like, they, you, you get a bad guy that people like, they'll just turn him into a good guy. I'm surprised Thanos isn't on the Avengers by now. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> no, but it's true. It's true. It, it's such an overused thing. And it's solely down to people liking a character, which I think that's fine. I think giving the audience what they want is worth doing, but it, it's got to be done well. It, you've got to write it yeah. well. It can't just come out of the blue. And I think a lot of, certainly a lot of Cobra Kai comes out of the blue. But the first few seasons, I think they earn it. Um, I've also heard Game of Thrones suffers with that as well. But as, as I say, you know, you you as long as the story doesn't suffer, as long as the character doesn't suffer, you can do these things, but you have to earn it. You know, it can't just be out of the blue. And, it, you know, so many of these things just do it. And you're like, come on, come on. Um, like I say, I don't think we're saying characters can't change. I don't think we're saying that. We're just saying it just can't come out of the blue. Otherwise, yeah, it's bad writing. 100%. Yeah. All right, dude. Well, I think we're pretty much uh, down to the end of it. You yeah. Know, I think it's a pretty nice little structure. I think we should do this again. We should. Know, it uh, was very fun. But do you yeah. want to do the last bit, which is uh, what you want to see more of as well? Okay. Yeah. I, I, again, I'd forgotten about that. Uh, so I, I guess you should start. Have you got some something in your think. head? I haven't. No. But we could... But you, you could start, and then maybe I disagree with you. Or if I okay. have something new to add, I will. I should have done something more controversial then. Uh, okay, I'm starting my five minutes. So I've been watching, actually my brother recommended this, uh, Severance. Have you heard of this? 
Uh, I've act- I have heard of it, and actually recently, where someone was mentioning it, and I thought it was a Danny Dyer film, and they were like, "No, no, 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 no it's a TV no. show." Yeah, and I'm like, oh, yeah. "Okay, all right." So, so basically, the idea is that you get this chip implanted into your head, and your memories, uh, basically your whole identity, when you go to work, is separate from your uh, home, like where you when you're out of work, basically. So people, you go to work, you don't know anything that you do at work. And then when you come back, uh, yeah, it, it, it just separates the two. And that's the idea of separate. That's what severance is even about. This word okay. severance means when you sever your personalities, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'll tell you, I'll be honest. When I watched the first episode, I, I didn't want to watch the second for a while because I felt it was a bit depressing. Mm-hmm. Uh, because basically the main character, who's played by Adam Scott, uh you i don't know if you know him he's in step brothers he's the bastard annoying yeah brother. Yeah, he's yeah, actually, yeah he's in krampus he's in a lot of things he's mostly does comedy yeah. stuff this is the first time i really see him doing something kind of seriously mm. uh he's funny still but like he's not too in your I face like trying to make you laugh yeah i like uh, him and it was, uh, it's easy, plays the main character. And we also have a really good cast, by the way. We also have uh, John Turturro, if that's how you pronounce his name. Mm-hmm. And Christopher Walken is also in it. Uh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, there we go. Wow. Uh, and, and I think they're, they're leading to the, I haven't seen the whole season yet, which is why it's on my, uh, want to see more of this. Uh, I think there's supposed to be a kind of romance between Christopher Walken and John Turturro. I think oh. the idea is so that they, I think that they are together in the real world, uh, but when they come to the office, they don't know each other. So then they're, yeah. now they're kind of falling in love again. It's quite strange. Uh, but the show is really weird in general because the guys don't know what they're doing. Uh, they're just uh, on these computers and they have to group numbers based on how they feel about them. And they don't know what that actually does in the real world. Uh, it could be anything and how legal is it? Like, why do they need to not know what they're doing in the real world? Uh, and so basically the main character played by Adam Scott, uh, yeah, his wife died a few years ago. So the, he's using this method of separating himself from work and uh, himself to get over his wife, which I think is kind of a flawed strategy, by the way. I don't think that would really right. work. Well, it, because It's sort of like Eternal Sunshine, right? That's what it sounded like to me. Uh, not as indie and lovey-dovey. There's none no. of that. It's it's just more weirdness. And there is kind of a feeling of that there might be a revolt of some kind at some point. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's even a story that one of the departments who had this severance thing started a rebellion and started killing people in another department. It's all this kind of weird mm-hmm. talk. I'll definitely uh, have to watch this. Yeah, it's, it's really good. It's very funny. There's also another guy in it called uh, Zach Cherry. And it's funny seeing him in the show because I've seen him. He keeps popping up in things I'm watching now. Uh, he was in the show with uh, Pete Holmes, where he's a comedian uh, building, like, uh, it's called Crashing. And then he was also in uh, Succession, funny enough. I like uh, Yeah. Oh, you watched that? It's very good. The, what, the um, one by Phoebe Waller-Bridge? No, it's, it's an American show about a comedian trying to get oh. his uh, career started. Um, anyway... Yeah, he's really good in it. And also, funny enough, another actress, uh, I forgot her name, uh, something Dyke Dickman or something. Lachan Dickman, I think is her name. She's Australian. She plays the therapist in this. And she's also in Jurassic Park Dominion. 
I just wanted to be <laughs> smug of the tights. It's, yeah, it's strange how, how that happens. But yeah, Interesting um, I'm, I'm really liking it so far. Uh, Patricia Arquette is also in it. I've never really watched her in anything before. Oh, really dude, you gotta watch. You gotta watch the third Nightmare on Elm Street movie. I think that was a big break. Maybe I need to watch them. Yeah, I haven't really seen them. But yeah, oh, that's the thing. I want to see more of. I want to see uh, more. Oh, by the way, also, uh, Ben Stiller directs it, but not all the episodes. Yeah. Ooh. Okay, I'm in. I want to watch this. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's good. It's good. It's at least nine episodes. The first season. I don't know if there'll be right. a second. All right. Cool. I'm in. I'm strapped in. I'm going to give it a go. But I do think we should watch A Nightmare on Elm Street for the podcast. I do. Yeah, maybe we should. We actually maybe should do some more horror. We haven't actually done a horror film yet. Yeah, I I don't think we have. Yeah, let's do some horror. That's like an obvious one to do. Let's do some horror. Okay, that's a deal. All All right. right. Have you got anything that you can Uh, uh, convince me to watch in five minutes? I'm not going to convince you to watch anything. I'm I'm just going to say something I want to see more of. Yeah, go uh, on. I'm giving you five and, minutes now. I, okay, so yeah, I'm going to talk slowly because I don't need the five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. So uh, news broke recently that the Joker is going to get a sequel. And they have announced that they've not only cast Lady Gaga as Harley Quinn, but it's going to be a musical. And people hate this idea. I think this could be genius. I really do. And I think we should see more sort of genre bending stuff in films that certainly in films that we expect a certain thing like the superhero or the comic book movies. I think it is nice to get like a fresh take. You know, I I think Wonder Vision did really well for the first couple of episodes until they became another Marvel movie, but like a lot of these, a lot of these superhero things that try and do something a little bit different end up being really successful. So I think it's worth experimenting. And this Joker musical with uh, a Lady Gaga, Harley Quinn sounds quite interesting to me. I'm pretty sold on this as a concept. And a lot of people don't like this idea, but I think it could actually be, maybe the best fucking Joker movie we've ever seen. I actually 100% agree with you. I'm really interested in this. I, I really yeah? want to see what it'll be like, yeah. Because, I, I think... mean, don't get me wrong, it could be terrible, but like, yeah. it could be amazing, man. It could be fucking amazing. It could be really fun. I don't know. Yeah. I, I... Like, of course it's going to be tongue-in-cheek. But, you know, the, the Joker needs some insanity, though, doesn't he? He needs exactly. to be a bit loopy. He needs... The, mm-hmm. he, I mean, think of it this way. Whenever we see the Joker in a film, it's a Batman film. We're seeing mm-hmm. everything from Batman's perspective, really, basically, True. right? And now we get to see what's really going on inside that crazy head. And, like, it, it, for, for the Joker, it's not going to be the same. It's going to be something really... I don't know, something... Completely bizarre. So I'm totally up for it. I totally agree with you. Yeah, I I just think it'd be interesting. I think it'd be really interesting. It could flop. It could. I'm not saying it's a perfect idea, but I think it's unique enough that I'm really interested in what they're going to do. Really interested. But people have turned off already. People are already saying, no, I'm not watching that. 
And I'm like, well, I mean, give it a chance. It might be another RRR. You know, it might be fucking amazing. <laughs> give it a mm. chance. I quite like the first Joker film. Uh, I do think it's, uh, you know, it, it's definitely ripping off a better movie in King, <laughs> like K- King of Comedy. I think I recommended you King of Comedy back at uni. Um, no, I had already seen it. I think I saw that a long time ago. Well, it, it, yeah, it's, it's it, it is it's fucking great, and I, I think it's an unsung Scorsese De Niro collab. However, mm-hmm. um, since the Joker, it's not unsung. People are now sort of turning on to King of Comedy, but a lot of people say that it's based on Taxi Driver, and I'm like, well, tonally, I guess. And there's a couple of references in there, but I think they are really only going for King of Comedy. Certainly in the tone, certainly in the story, uh, and certainly in character, I think it's very King of Comedy, mm-hmm. um, and I don't think it's I don't think it's very Taxi Driver. Besides him miming shooting himself with his fingers, because he he does do that in Taxi Driver. Um, but I do like I really did enjoy the the first Joker film. I thought it was surprisingly good, although not perfect. There are still things I thought were a bit world breaking and a bit naff like just guys randomly being cruel to uh, a guy dressed as a clown spinning a sign and then literally make him chase them so he they can it's so uh cheesy this sort get of him. bullying get the, him. yeah get him. Yeah, him and then like on the train when he shoots everyone like why does this guy know all the lyrics to this song no one knows all the lyrics to Welcome in the Clowns. That's the only lyric anyone knows. How does this guy know the whole... Like I say, there are so many little bits that I just find a bit world-breaking. But overall, I really liked it. I think Hawkwind Phoenix is great in it. And I'm really looking forward to a sort of genre-bending sequel. I think it's going to be really cool. The way you said his name was like it sounded like you said Hawkwind Phoenix. Hawkwind Phoenix. Hawk the Queen. Phoenix. <laughs> Joaquin. How do we say it? Joaquin. Joaquin. Do you think he deserved the Oscar before he should sign off? Do you think he deserved the Oscar for Joker? I don't think so. Uh, did he win an Oscar for that? He won Best Actor. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, I, don't, I don't really watch it. I used to watch I, this I stuff think, before, I but think, now I never watch it. Uh, I, I think, didn't know that. I think, I think even the Joker was nominated for Best Film. Certainly got nominated for Best Adapted Screenplay. Pretty hmm. sure. Yeah, no, Joker got a lot of award buzz that year. However, like, does does he deserve the Oscar? I mean, look, it's a good performance. It's a very good performance. And I'd have to remind myself of the other performances of the year. I, I really liked it. it. It didn't seem like something that they would pick up, to be honest. But no. I, I'm not sure. I don't know. I can't think of all the films from that year. You know, you know, it's always funny though. Whenever I hear Todd Phillips, I, I him and Judd Apatow, yeah. these two directors, I'm like, these are are they the same human being? I don't know. We, you I, know, I, again, I don't really hate on Judd Apatow. I think he's done a few really good films. I mean, he got some he got some Oscar nods for that new one with Leo DiCaprio and Jennifer Lawrence, and people mm. were saying, oh, it's not deserved, um, and maybe not for an Oscar. However. I, I do think there's a few films he's made where I'm like, I think this is a quality little film. Um, didn't he do the Adam Sandler movie Funny Games or Funny People? Funny People. About I'm, I'm Adam not Sandler sure. Stand up. I'm not sure, there, but I, 
It's Speaking of stand-up, he, he, uh, Judd Apatow, I think, was involved in crashing that show I was telling you about a second ago about a comedian. Oh, really? Really good. Yeah. I will I have to so. give it a watch. All right. Do you want to? Do you want to call it time? We're about yes. to hit an hour. Yes. All right. Let's call it time. This was fun. I think we should definitely do this again. Uh, yeah, I do know. actually. Yeah, yeah. I'm definitely down for this. This is quite a fun little format. Yeah. Uh, maybe once a month. I think that's a good one. Yeah, it will be our monthly thing. This will be our. Well, let's see when we get it out. It should be for September, but who knows how long. Who knows? I will. Yeah. I will say. Uh, I think for the next one, I'm already going to give you a spoiler. I'm going to talk about She-Hulk for the next one, but I don't <laughs> because I've been wa- I've been watching it. I've got so much to talk about, but it's not finished yet. So I didn't want to talk use it up for this episode. So I you know what? I... She-Hulk. Yeah, I might bring up the the Lord of the Rings or. Uh, Game of Thrones because I think that they're actually pretty good and I'll tell you more about that. But when we get, I have it. not watched one yet. I have not watched them yet. Obviously, well, I've have watched. To wait, you should All wait right. till I tell you about it. Okay, I can do that. <laughs> I can do that because I'm not really that bothered anyway. So yeah, I, I yeah. can do that. I don't want to watch the Game of Thrones one. I'll watch the Lord of the Rings one, but not the Game of Thrones one. It's it's I, pretty funny. I have zero interest in Game of Thrones. I tried. Yeah, I watched four seasons of it. You remember? I watched four seasons of it. Still didn't get to it. Still didn't like yeah. it. All right. Sorry, I don't want to. I don't want to hate on Game of Thrones too much because that's enough. That's grounds enough for people to never listen to us again. Um, get punched in the face when you walk on the street. It's it's all right. Look, listeners, I'll just ask Craig to punch me in the face on your behalf. <laughs> Please don't approach me in the street and punch me. That would be horrible. All right, let's call it time, Craig. Yeah. That was fun. I love you to pieces. And love you too, man. I hope, I hope everyone enjoyed listening to us chatting shit once more. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. A lot of hate in the middle, but also a lot, a lot. Of, uh, a lot of love there too in between. All, All right, right, man. Shall we, shall we say uh, the catchphrase that we occasionally say at the end? Well, keep it knees because it knees. You, you always mishear me. So yeah, keep it knees is the new, is the catchphrase of the podcast. Such a weird fucking catchphrase, but it is it. Yeah. It's just me right. mishearing him say, keep it movies. But I think keep it yeah. knees is better than keep it. Movies, it is. So. It's definitely better. It's definitely better. I love it. I love it. I'm really <laughs> grown. It's really grown on me. All right, guys. Until next time. Keep, keep it, it knees. knees. Drop